What is and what should never be? What should never be is the Packers losing. But what is, while they lose, is amazing coverage about it. And that's from our guy at Forbes.com, Conley Media, Rob Reichel. Robbie! Catch the wind, see a spin, my man. How we doing? Uh, well, I mean, I'm I'm doing good. Are the Packers spinning downwards, Rob? Or uh... oh yes, they are. Uh oh, Rob, let's just rip the Band-Aid off. All right, two weeks ago, we were talking about this Green Bay Packer team. You know, they just beat the Buccaneers, just got past the New England Patriots. It looks like things are trending up. They have the Giants in London, Jets at home, they're Easy. at the Commanders. They should be able to rifle off at least four or five games in a row. And all of a sudden, you might be like six and one. You're sitting here in a really good spot. Or, But now all of a sudden, a couple bad games, people are saying Aaron Rodgers are washed. The, the division's already conceded. It's time to unload this team because it's not a Super Bowl yeah, winner and a, this season's it's over. Lost, it's over. That's two weeks. Well, you, you guys know it's a week-to-week league. Things are <laughs> fluid, right? I, I, hey, I, I, I will say this. This is an incredibly critical three-game road trip, isn't it? Yes. Because um, the commanders Washington, stink. Washington, Buffalo, Detroit. If, if they come back from that guy's five and four, they're absolutely fine um, moving forward. If they're four and five or – even even God three and six. I mean, let, let's be honest. They're, they're they're not beating Buffalo. Buffalo to me looks like the best team in football. Since I'm saying it right now. Packers. Packers are beating Buffalo. I'm saying it right yep. now. You, you 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 say that all you want, Evo. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you right now that the, the 2022 Buffalo Bills are the 1996 Green Bay Packers. They are they are that good on both sides of the line of scrimmage. This is the best. This is the best football team I've seen in 25 years. I mean, uh, the the Bills are phenomenal, and you know they have the closest thing to Brett Favre and Josh Allen. But we're getting ahead of ourselves, right? They've got to go Wait, find Josh a way Allen, to win. He owes a bunch of money to the state of Mississippi. All right, All <laughs> well, it's right. actually going to be the let's, state let's, of Wyoming. Let, 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 let's not go there <laughs> sorry, with that, with sorry, that sorry, crazy, sorry, sorry, with that crazy witch hunt, Evo. So oh, hell yeah, Rob. Um, let's hell yeah. Sometimes, Robbie. Look. See, I'm actually <laughs> most disappointed with the Packers play, and I think the the biggest reason, actually, well, one, because we're all Packer fans, <clears throat> but two, Evo and I were talking at Pooley's, and we were talking about this Green Bay Packer team, how the offense was going to struggle, the defense. Hasn't been the best, but they're not getting margin when they win. I wanted to see them continue to scrape past these wins because, like I said, I'm a Packer fan. It doesn't have to be pretty, but I was going to lay my entire wad on the Bills when they played the Packers. Well, I don't need you talking about your wad, Nelly, but... Uh... <laughs> Let's, uh, hey, Rob, I just wanted to be known that I have a Brett Favre magnet that has not come off my fridge and will never come off my fridge for the past 10 years. Smart man. You, 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 you stay married to anything that uh, has Brett Favre and his picture on it. He'll, he'll be cleared of these crazy wrongdoings he's being prosecuted of, Evo. And that, 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 that's a whole other story. Let's, uh, let, let's get back to this. You, you guys know, we, we said through the course of the summer, right, the offense was going to take time to find itself. It, now, did we anticipate this level of struggles? I mean, guys, they're scoring their fewest amount of points Oof. since Brett Favre, since Brett Favre's first year in 1992 Oof. at just seven at just 17.8 points a game. It's it's their fewest in 30 years. I mean, it's 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 obviously bad and it's it's looked atrocious the last the last few weeks. I mean, Nelly, you think you you mentioned that Buccaneers and Patriots game? You, you think Nelly, if one or even both of those games had gone the other way, and both certainly could have. 
how close this team is to being two and four or one and five. No, the, the, the season's not even close to being over at three and three. I get it. They have problems. They've got to get them fixed. Um, the real question guys becomes, are the answers on the roster or not? And, mm. and I just got done doing a big thing and it, it's, it, it's specifically focused on the offense because I, I do think the defense has the personnel to get things figured out. They haven't played great, obviously, either the first six games of the year, and they're right in the middle of the league in points per game. And and I think everybody expected the defense to be a top-five scoring defense in the league, and they rank 15th right now. But, guys, they're 24th in in scoring right now for offense, and and that's dreadful. And and the real question becomes – are the answers to fixing this on the roster or not? Are there enough? Are there enough playmakers at wide receiver? Is Matt Lafleur and, and are, are Matt Lafleur and Aaron Rodgers ever going to fully commit to this run game? Because guys, they're actually they're actually throwing the ball now more than they did the first three years of Matt Lafleur uh, as head coach, and and that was with Devontae Adams. And now Devontae Adams is obviously gone, and, and they're throwing the ball more when they should obviously be throwing it dramatically less. So, is it Mike McCarthy uh, guys, back coaching? Is it like a Scooby-Doo episode? We're going to pull off the, the LaFleur mask, and it's Mike McCarthy all along? Hey, you got Mike McCarthy in three weeks, buddy. I can't wait, dude. I'm so excited for that game. Robbie, I know. Uh, you're talking about is is the potential solution on offense on the roster, and, and we've been talking about kind of the wide receivers all week. And this was one of the things that I said to Ebo. I go, well, we anticipated the offense not to be that great. Now, like you said, it's underperforming, but I look at some of the, some of the uh, positions around the offense. And I think everyone would agree that offensive line has been worse, even though it feels like they have the pieces to be better. I don't, I, I feel like that's a, a unit where I have faith that they figure it out because of all the players with the ability that they have, they'll figure it out. But then I look around tight end is what tight end is running backs is solid, but they haven't been running the football that much. But then I look at the receiver position. Watkins has been out. Cobb is now going to be out. Lazard was out. Uh, Christian Watson was out. And some of those guys, we were going to lean on the vets early so that the Watsons and the Dobbs could grow and progress. Well, Watson he missed most of the summer and, and preseason with a knee where he got his knee scoped, and now he's out with a hamstring. He's not progressing because he isn't even playing, and now the other guys are all hurt. You're getting to a point with some of these receivers, and, 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 and I think you both know this. We, I, I know we talked about this in June and July, that it was a remarkable risk in the first place to bring in injured veterans, veterans who were certainly on the down part of their career who, who had been injury-plagued the last several years, and then leaning heavily on rookies. And, and that was the path that Brian Gutekunst took uh, with, with this wide receiver group, and, and it's blowing up in his face. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Excuse You're at a point where Christian yeah, Watson, I mean, you're, 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 not, you're, you're really not going to get much from him. Even when he comes back, guys, he's so far behind, you know, in, in terms of what you can expect from him in, in 2022. Now, Randall Cobb, I mean, what did we say from the get-go? If you get 10 games out of Randall Cobb, you'll probably be happy, and then that's where it's starting to trend. And look, this ankle will probably keep him out four to six weeks at least. Sammy Watkins hopes to play this week. That might be a little bit of a long shot, but, you know, he'll come back in a week or two, but he's already missed a month. Um, and, and, and we all know his track record over the last five, six years, um, you know, in Buffalo and Kansas City and Baltimore, he, he's been dinged up and hurt. So, you can trace this guy, uh, really back to the offseason, guys, where, where Brian Gutekunst said, I'm going young, and then I'm going with, with some cheap older guys 
rather than investing, you know, heavily in one of the guys that, you know, maybe, maybe was still on the market that he would have had to pay eight or 10 million for, um, you know, to, to try to help fix this, this particular unit. And, and it, and it just, it hasn't worked out. It hasn't happened. They're relying now on, you know, in essence, a rookie and dubs, an average wide receiver and Alan Lazard, not now, you know, Amari Rogers is probably going to become the slot guy. I mean, it's just, it, it, there, there, there's just, there's, there's not much there. And, I, I, again, I don't know that the so, that the answers are on the roster. I don't know that it, that this is fixable with the with the personnel you have. Nelly is absolutely right. The offensive line is is underperforming dramatically. They've got to get that thing fixed. The, the tricky part there is you've got two tackles coming off ACL injuries that probably will not play as well this year as they're going to wind up playing next year. So that offensive line could be you know, um, a group through the course of the season that, that, that you're not overly impressed or thrilled with. Uh, you know, I, I do think, you know, he, he's good. Good at until November 1st guys, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. go ahead and, and, and make a deal. So he's got what, 12 days left or whatever it is at this point in time. I, I, I really think he's got to add a piece or two They're they're well, at a point. Right how many years now, have we said that Rob? I mean, how many times have we said the Packers <laughs> need to add a piece and what do they do? Like, well, we called so-and-so, but he put us to voice now. I know they've they've got they've got to close one of these deals, much like much like Arizona did on Monday when they went and got Robbie Anderson right. or something like that. And I and I get it; some of these players are problems, for, and, and there's a and and that's why their teams want to get rid of them. But Andre Risen was a problem also in 1996, and he helped Green Bay win a Super so, Bowl. And the, and the Packers to a point where they've got a they've got to add a piece. Robbie, uh, speaking of problems, I've been saying this about Wisconsin football all year is that they don't have an identity. Like like we all know what yep. their identity should be. But they don't do it. Rob, Packers also in this, if you don't know who you are, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to sail a boat when you don't have a rudder. Like, if you don't know who you are, how are you supposed to go somewhere? What are the Packers? What is their identity? I, I saw you write a great article about it at Forbes.com. What's the identity of the Packers, or do they not have one? The, the, and that's the problem, Evo. They, they don't have one. And we're a third of the way into the season. Usually by the quarter pole, you know who we are. You're a high-flying, you know, passing aerial attack, or you're hammering away on the ground, but but or maybe you strike a balance. These guys right now don't have really any of those answers. Like I said, they're throwing the ball more this year than they did any of Lafleur's first three it's years crazy. in Green Bay. I mean, they're throwing the ball sixty percent of the time. And they don't even have a number one wide receiver. They don't even have a number two wide receiver. Yeah. Evo, I mean, and, and, so and just throw the ball. If, 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 if Alan Lazard or Romeo Dubs went to a really good football team, you know, with weapons at wide receiver like the Chiefs or the or the Bengals or Tampa Bay or places like that, they'd be the number three. We all know that, and I I, I don't know. We're, here here we are, six games into the season. That's thirty five percent in the new world with seventeen games, and and they and they really just don't know who they are. I think I think the head coach would like to be a run first team. The quarterback obviously wants to be a pass-first team because he continues to change plays with with some of these RPOs, and you can see it, guys, in in plays where he changes things at the line of scrimmage and the offensive line goes and run blocks, and and Rodgers is throwing the football. That um, <laughs> they're not on the same page, they're not in sync, and and unless you know, they're at a real critical point here with with Lafleur and Rodgers and their relationship. You know, Rodgers complained openly on on Sunday night about simplifying things. Matt LaFleur said on Monday he didn't really know what Rodgers meant by any of that. Well, they get, they better get it figured out, guys, or, or this season has a chance to go south real quickly. 
All right, Rob. So all of that being said, and we look at the roster and how it is, we look at how they've played. We look at what we think some of these guys will progress to be. If they don't go out and make a move and say, bring in a Will Fuller, DJ Moore, Chase Claypool type player. What do you think their record is when it's all said and done? They look to me to be a 500 team. Nell, you know, they look nine and eight right now, maybe a 10 and seven. I mean, let's be honest. Trips to trips to Buffalo, Philly, and Miami are all going to be brutal, right? If if Tua plays, Miami's a pretty good football team. You've already got three losses. Um, Dallas at home, Ooh, the boys, right? The the Rams at home, Minnesota at home. You would think they'd lose at least one of those three games. So now we're at seven losses. So I mean, maybe a. Maybe a nine and eight, a ten and seven, mm. uh, Nelly, and, and and I'm not saying if they go out and, and get Chase Claypool, that's going to solve all their problems, but it's going to help, and they're probably going to add a win along the way, and it's going to ensure they make the playoffs. Um, th- th- there are enough good people on the roster. Somebody said to me yesterday, guys, give me one player on on this roster who's having a better year in 2022 than they were in 2021. Hey, we did that yesterday too, Rob. That's so funny. And I thought about it. Maybe they heard your show, Ebo. And well, everyone, everyone listens. Everyone listens. Hey, if, if they're smart, they are. That's yeah. for sure. We'll take the dumb ones, too. We don't care. <laughs> <laughs> that's how, uh, how Nelly dates. So, uh. That's actually the, bl- the blind and deaf. <laughs> we, yes, t- we, also, we take them, too. <laughs> Dave Ramona, he's blind. <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying, but, Rob? But, Sorry. But, 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 gentlemen, you know, if... If some of these guys start playing back to the level that they did at 2021, then then we're talking about an 11 win football team again. Yeah. But if they keep playing like they are today, I mean, I thought about it a long time, Ebo, and and I finally said the only guy I can think playing better than last year was David Bakhtiari, <laughs> and that's obviously because he didn't play last that's year. A, so. That's a, a rowdy said too. That's so funny, and you know, and they just they have a bunch of guys that are underperforming. And and they need to get the, you know, they need to get these guys playing back at a at a higher level. And if they can do that, I, 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 the season's certainly not over, guys. I mean, there's there's only four teams in the NFC that have a better than 500 record, yeah, right? I mean, three yeah. in the NFC, three in the NFC East, and then Minnesota. And we so, we know we know Minnesota is typically a fraud, and 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 they'll end up you know disappointing their fan base oh, yeah. at some point in time. Totally. So. Totally. So the, the, this NFC is still completely wide open. Philly looks head and shoulders above, above everybody, and then I think you can throw the others in in a hat and kind of pick them out. So if Green Bay guys, I mean, think back to what Rogers said in 2012, right? He said, "Relax." 2016, he says, "Run the table." The other day, he says, "Don't don't freak out." Manifesting. So, so I I think he's absolutely right. Don't freak out, but but they've got to get things figured out quickly. Yep. That that's the thing, Rob. Uh, real quick, one last thing. We need your prediction on Sunday, my brother. Well, I, I think they get back on track. And and I don't think it'll be overly pretty. Uh, and Heineke poses some problems. And Washington's got a hell of a defensive line, guys. And Rodgers is probably going to get beat up a little bit again. But uh, I'm going to go 26-17, green and gold. We'll take it. We'll Robbie, take it. here's my hot take for the rest of the season. I do think the Packers get better. Again, I'm kind of with you. I don't think that they're the 13-4 and type team that they have been under Matt LaFleur, but I think they make the playoffs. And I think the Eagles come back down to earth a little bit, and it's a wide-open NFC. You should look at the Eagles uh, plus-minus when it comes to turnovers. They've been insanely good in the turnover margin. Rob, there you go. 
Very true. And, and, and guys, the four teams that were in the finals of the NFC last year are all three and three. So it just shows you how wide open it is. Oh, uh, Rob, one last thing before I let you go. Um, yes, any sir. words of advice for uh, David Stearns, Mark Adonazio? Josh Hader became the first pitcher in Major League Baseball history to strike out eight consecutive batters last night in the Padres I win saw. in the NLCS. Yeah, it, it might be nice to have a dominant closer like that on your roster, huh? Yeah. Well, how, how, how could you get one of those? Oh, yeah. Maybe don't trade him in the first place. Oh, um, that makes sense. Yeah, boy, what, what a concept. How, how, about, how about this? Sell the team and, every, and, 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 and everybody else has handed a pink slip. <laughs> Robbie, we love you, buddy. Uh, my, favorite, my favorite thing over the last couple months for Brewer fans is watching the Brewer, the Brewer apologists try and reason and say why <laughs> trading Josh Hader was actually a good thing. Rob. Yeah, boy, it, it, it was so wonderful to watch to watch that Rogers guy give up eight home runs in, in six weeks, wasn't it? Hey. That, that was fun. Hey, Robbie, you're always hitting home runs at Forbes.com, Conley Media. We could be entering a tough time for Wisconsin, uh, the money-making sports. I mean, we already kind of are. Yeah, we're already there. The Badgers have one win in the Big Ten. Yeah. They're last in the West. We don't even know if they're going to go to a bowl game. You, and then look at the, the quarterback. They last because they've played more games than Northwest. Look at the quarterback situation. The quarterback situation, I mean, Mertz. You're not selling me. <laughs> there's Mertz, and then who's behind Mertz? I mean, there's no one there. Then you look at this, you know, influx of, you know, is Jim Leonard the guy? What's going to happen? Many people are saying there's going to be, like, how are you going to get out of this with just the transfer portal and the recruits coming in? It's going to be a, a, a window of darkness for a while here. So there's that. Then you look at the Badger basketball team. They just won the Big Ten last year. Yeah. But they're devoid of a little talent this year. Many, many, well, the media is picking them to finish ninth. Many aren't feeling too good about this upcoming season. They never feel good about this upcoming season. Yeah, I still, until I see them fall flat on their face, like I, I'm a believer right now. But when the season progresses, we'll find out. And then there's Badger Hockey, who was once a moneymaker. Now there's mm. like five people in there for a game. Yep. <laughs> I, are yeah. we in? Are we entering the beginning stages of the dark zone, the darkness? Of Wisconsin money making power sports, like nowadays, depending on how you go about it, um, it is the dark days too. Is that too harsh? Fixable, like it's immediately fixable, but you have to be willing to fix it. Ready? I'm just sitting here. Basically, my entire lifetime has been the start of Barry Alvarez. So football-wise, if you just look at the football program, I'm throwing out the 2020 season where they went 4-3. and three. In my life, I have only seen two losing seasons since I've been on this earth. 1995, where they went 4-5-2, and two, and 2001, where they went 5-7. and seven. Me as a cognitive person, <laughs> I've only saw one of them, and that was 2001. This year, it seems like they could be on pace to going back to that five and seven. It would be the second time that I I was alive and remember seeing a losing season in the football. So I would say that this is probably the low when you're talking about football. Then on the other hand, you're talking about the Wisconsin Badgers basketball program. My entire life that I remember watching Badger basketball, it was the end of Dick Bennett and it was the beginning of Bo Ryan. That's only been good basketball. Mm-hmm. Now you're talking about potentially finish ninth, 10th, maybe being 500 or below. What? So far in that time frame, they had one down season with Greg Gard for the most part. 
where they didn't make the NCAA tournament. Yeah. That was injury-laden. That was drama young, and drama. Young, inexperienced players with a lot of injuries, and then it was like Ethan Happ. Yeah. That was the team that went like 500, didn't make a tournament. Yep. Yep. So we've only seen one of those seasons. It could be another one, but that would be two in the last handful of years. Right. Wisconsin hockey, from <laughs> that same time period, you're talking about basically from the time I've been alive, Barry Richter was winning national championships. Barry! They were winning championships in well, the 90s. He won it before you were born. They were winning championships <laughs> in the 90s when I was born. And oh. Mike Eves won a championship when I was like in elementary, middle school. Oh, six. So yep. middle school. Yep. Senior. And, and then, then they, they, they had, were. They had the appearance in it in 2010. Yep. Yeah. So, and then in high school, they were still pretty decent. I would say now all of a sudden the last five-ish years, they're pretty bad outside of one season. I think pretty bad's being fair. And <laughs> that's what I'm saying, fair. though. More but the majority, of, the majority of my life, they were a true blue blood of the sense where they're actually competing at a blue blood level. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean... Okay, if you if you if you take it out, though, all you, three are arguably having some of their worst seasons, look, or are going to. Like if you go in a micro, if you micro look at this, it's bad because it's going down quickly. If you micro, but if you go macro this. look at it, like if you go out and you pan out, you see for all the years Wisconsin going up and up and up and up and up. Yeah. Right now, there's just a little downspell, but will they continue to go up? Because do you, you really you, think that all the all three of those programs are really going up and up and up? Oh, there's. Final fours, there's championships, there's, you know. I feel like the hockey programs is about as far down as you've ever been. Well, right now, yes. I mean, that's what I'm saying, like in micro. But it was on the way up. Now it's bottoming out. But if you take everything into consideration of all the money-making sports, I mean, you got final fours in there. You have those kinds of Badgers, you know, winning the, the West and getting a championship. They make that championship, not really winning. But you have a good bowl games like an Orange Bowl. Like you felt that you felt them rising up. Now they're just kind of coming down. But will they continue to slide down? That's the question. RJ, you said it's a easy, it's fixable. Well, no, I'm saying in this day and age in sports, yeah, with the transfer portal, like obviously with, it's trending down. Yeah, you you have to be able to hit on things. You want to know how good things are right now for the hockey team? Nobody has updated the Wikipedia page with last year's record and stats. <laughs> you know, anyone can edit a Wikipedia. No, I know page. that, but but that, I guess that's saying that no one really gives a crap. Nobody though. put twenty one, twenty two on there. Well, that's probably a good thing. No, that's what I was saying, but that's how. Yeah, we're um, just going to forget about that. And, don't, with, and who's ever listening, don't update it this year either. <laughs> with with what you have in the landscape of college sports right now, it is absolutely fixable. We've seen teams do a total revamp mm-hmm. and bring in a key player at a position, uh, key players at positions of need. Like, it can expand upon bringing in one person to get you over the hump to a brand new team, and it's worked out for them. We've you've also seen it. Like look at Wisconsin; they've hit the transfer portal almost every year uh, mm-hmm. lately for hockey, and um, nobody's really panning out. What's the biggest fix? What's the quickest fix for Wisconsin football? Transfer portal quarterback. Have the team like. It, there's always been an attitude with Wisconsin. I'm actually not worried about their defense. No, I think it's just no. young and inexperienced, and that was going to be a year where you and look at some of the, this year. You look at some of the Eight defenses you're replacing. You look at some of the defenses that they've had, and it seems like for the past ten years, each year it just got better 
and right. better and better. But a lot of those times there were guys that were coming back that were experienced and some of the guys that maybe were stepping into roles were like the sophomore junior class where they had been there. They were in the system for a couple of years. They just had really good NFL caliber guys ahead of them. So yeah. they couldn't crack the lineup. Now it's like you got to the end of that, we'll say rough decade. And there wasn't a ton left in the cupboard where it was like, hey, this guy's been in the program for three, <laughs> four years. He can just step in and play because he was always on the twos. Yeah. Now it's like, well, you got a lot of really inexperienced players that have only been there a year or they redshirted last year and now they're all freshmen or sophomore. Now they're forced into playing without a ton of experience. I actually am not too worried about the defense, even though at times it hasn't looked great, but you have a lot of talent there. My biggest concern is it's all offense and it's not the receiver position because I think you could argue that with Chimray DK, Skylar Bell and Marcus Allen being your three guys that you thought would be your top three coming into this season. They had, a, they had talent yeah. and normally we talk about the wide receiver room being kind of like a void of talent just because Wisconsin runs the football, or at least it feels like that on paper. I don't believe that to be true this year, but then you look at all the places where they're supposed to be strong, the offensive line, it hasn't been strong since 2019. Yeah. Look at the running back room. The running back room hasn't been strong since Jonathan Taylor has been there. Again, 2019. Well, the quarterback him, it wasn't that strong. The quarterback Malusi, position. Hurt, you know? The quarterback position hasn't been strong, arguably since Jack Cohn. Yeah. And, and still. People were questioning Jack Cohn going into 2019. People questioned Alex Hornibrook. Like, we always know that the quarterback is a big question mark. But the, the two spots that aren't supposed to be the big question mark, offensive line and running back, have been yeah. since 2020. And that's what's alarming. The defense is going to grow. Yeah, the, defense no the defense is going to get better, you know, next year and the year after when those players get older. But it's it's all the stars on, on offense at the line that's yeah. just inconsistent. The running back room has literally never been weaker since 2020. Yeah. It's just. Who would you rather have? Obviously, Jack Cohn's the one we would want, but Hornibrook or Mertz? Oh, Lord. Right? Stavi. Hold on. <laughs> hey, like, I'll take Joel Stavi. Hornibrook before. Hornibrook before he got the wandering eyes. Yeah. Pro- bu- Hornibrook before the wandering eyes. Or if, we're, if we got to take it all in what uh, it is. All encompassing. I'd Yeah. I'd take Wildcat quarterback. Wildcat in, in program. Nonstop history. Wildcat. It's funny because out of all three Non-stop of those Wildcat. guys, Alex Hornibrook, Jack Cohn, and Graham Mertz, those were the last three quarterbacks that the Wisconsin Badgers have had. The guy that, in my opinion, was given the least bit of a shot to play is the guy that I want. Jack Cohn. And it's Jack Cohn. Totally. He was, because remember, Alex Hornibrook was a, was thrusted into the starting position as a true freshman. Wasn't it against uh, Michigan State on the road where they went out there and got a win? But then it turned out Michigan State wasn't necessarily as good as what people thought Michigan State would be. He was thrown out there right away as a freshman, played a little bit. They're like, ah, this kid's got a little bit of something. And then basically was the starter pretty much ever since then. But then when he was playing awfully, Jack Cohn is thrusted in there due to, we'll say, a concussion. Wink, wink. And... They didn't let him throw the football more than five, ten no, yards down the field. You know, they're they're gonna <laughs> hand the football off to Jonathan Taylor. I think Jonathan Taylor single handedly beat Purdue by himself in that <laughs> one game. But yeah, they really didn't they really didn't take the training wheels off for no, Jack Cohn. No. Then in twenty nineteen, the one lone year Jack Cohn was supposed to actually be the starter. 
you can recruit this kid named Graham Mertz. That was a five star, one of the best recruits that People Wisconsin has ever had. You know, he balled out at this five touchdowns high school all star game, all American. All this stuff. You had people clamoring for Graham Mertz to be the starter day one. They never even saw him in practice, and everyone at practice, like the Jesse Temple and Zach Heilprins of the world, are saying, Jack Cohn's clearly better than this kid. No, he got Sir Mertz. But weeks on $500. There were people even talking about starting Mertz going into that fourth game of the season where they were playing Michigan. Remember remember they were playing Michigan? I'm still waiting for my money. And both teams were undefeated. And. You had undefeated Michigan, undefeated Wisconsin, and we were talking about how good Michigan's defense was and blah, 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 and this would be a test for Wisconsin. There were still people calling for Graham Mertz to start against Michigan, though all he had ever played was like a handful of snaps against the Central Michigans of the world and all these little turd teams because Jack Cohn was out there playing well. And people still thought the best way to beat Michigan was to play Mertz because he had a higher ceiling. Guess what? They played Cone. They went out and they beat Michigan. But what I'm getting at is then 2020 happened and it was COVID and they pushed back the season to October and Jack Cone, they still didn't know if they were going to go with Cone or Mertz. And then unfortunately the injury of Jack Cone's foot made that decision easy for him and they went with Mertz, but they, it almost, it almost felt like they didn't even give Cone the shot to no, come they back didn't. They totally in 2021. And they're like, Nope, Mertz is finally our guy. We'll see ya. He goes to Notre Dame, plays extremely well, is a borderline NFL prospect. I mean, yep. that guy was cut short. If anyone was cut short yet, he was the best Wisconsin quarterback done dirty. that we saw out of those three, if you would take them done dirty, if you needed them to win right. one big game out of those three, everyone would say they'd rather have Jack Cole done dirty. Rowdy, we were and I were talking about this. Was this on Friday or Thursday about this big story that Dan Snyder has hired a bunch of private investigators. And he's got all these bombshells and he's ready to start dropping, you know, all over the place on Jerry Jones, Robert Kraft, a bunch of owner, yada, yada, yada. Uh, did you guys see this? Well, uh, Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft got in a very heated exchange uh, amid a Roger Goodell contract discussion. Don't F with me. <laughs> so these guys are, these guys are going at each other's throats. And then also out there, Jim Ursay. Uh, who is uh, he's speaking out against the Daniel Snyder news, saying the shield is taking some damage. But now Jim Ursay uh, is saying that they need to essentially get Dan Snyder out. Like he's got to be done. He's yeah. out. There's a lot. The NFL is ripping it at the seams right now with some of these owners. Jerry Jones fighting with Robert Kraft over he, contract discussions. Ursay is getting Snyder out. Snyder's like, I'm on a yacht in Italy, but I got so much dirt on all of you. I'm gonna bring you all down. This is incredible. It's. I love. <sighs> The amount of people are like, I can't wait for this to come out, and you guys will actually see what what happens. I think we all know. It's the old boys club. Yes. We know what's happening. We all know like, they're dirty, and they do stuff behind you, the scenes. And You want proof? I mean, you don't need it. Like, ju- just know it's it's a monopoly without being a monopoly. Uh, yeah, you got Like, <laughs> there's shady stuff going on. Constantly. I mean, The more you don't think about it. Yes, the better, the more, the the better. Ignorance is bliss in this situation. You don't want that curtain pulled back because then everything you already know is out in the open. Well, do you believe that the full curtain will be pulled back and you'll see Oz behind there operating behind the curtain? What's the difference going to be? Like, we found out the commanders have two books. Yeah, I mean, we make fun of that all the time, like for years. Everybody's probably got two books. We would tell our our music trivia guy, Scotty, he he was the one who was helping out Vince McMahon cook books. They're not publicly traded. 
Like, I can't go buy stock in, I mean, I can't even buy stock in the Packers. Sorry. What do you mean? You, you do, but you don't. You're an owner. I know. And, <laughs> and I love that. But really, you're just. No, Don't you're it. an owner. Don't yeah. let anyone tell you otherwise. But you can't go do that with any other team. Well, how about this? Aaron Rodgers was asked about this yesterday, about the Dan Snyder news, because obviously they're playing the Commanders coming up. Yeah. So you're going to ask. Uh, this was Rodgers' response on his reaction to uh, uh, some news uh, about trying to get Dan Snyder out of the NFL and all the information coming out. Now, when, in this clip, he does say on Rob's network, he's talking about ESPN when he says that. All right, so uh, take a listen to Rodgers here. Yeah, I don't know. It's a tough question. Um there's been some interesting articles and obviously, you know, some uh, headlines that maybe grab your attention if you're surfing on uh, on Rob's site. Rob's um, site. Yeah. It's interesting, okay. for sure. Uh, but I don't know how much it harms the league. Um, there's obviously been some, uh, some incidents that reflect poorly on certain organizations, um, which isn't great for the league. But uh, as you guys all know, the league is going to protect itself, and I'm sure they'll make the right decisions. Yeah, so uh, Jim Irsay was also saying that, uh, <laughs> this is funny, um, Jim Irsay was saying that him and the uh, other 31 owners have squeaky clean hands, but there is, uh, he said, quote, you have to protect the shield to protect the league, and I don't like to see the shield damaged, and right now the shield is taking some damage from all of this, but he did say all of the other owners are are clean. This is the same guy who was caught with a duffel bag full of, uh, he's like a walking pharmacy. Yeah. And he was doped up driving his car around. And uh, no, wasn't he drunk driving his? Yeah, car with a around bunch of pills, and then had a bunch of pills in the yeah. bag. I think it was both. Yeah. yeah okay. You don't mix the. Uh, and it was more than on one occasion. You're not supposed it? to yeah. mix the I medication with alcohol. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I mean, that's his personal side of things, but also I'm sure he threw around like, "Don't you know who I am?" Probably. Like, which listen, listen. If I'm I was Ozuna a, from the Braves, if I was a star athlete, <laughs> or if I was like someone in a high position, I would also pull the. Don't you know who I am card? Like, you can't do this to me. I think anyone would. Why wouldn't you if you're in that position? Yeah, why wouldn't you? So, I mean, how much damage does, <laughs> the, how much damage does the quote-unquote shield take from all this? So much. Do you know who I am? Yeah, we're taking you downtown. Yeah, that's exactly. Like, <laughs> how about you come with us? You sound, like an, you sound like an idiot every day from 6 to 10. That's why we're taking you in. <laughs> I, I, need, I need a break from you next week, okay? We're not letting you out. Bail's so much you can't get out. But I didn't even do anything. Yeah. yeah that's the point. We're, see this? See his badge? I'm above the law. You're in my world now. <laughs> like Big Earn. Yeah. I'm above the law. It's like you're bashing her because you just pulled cleaning up trash off the side duty of the road duty. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, this is just hilarious to me. If Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft fighting over Roger Goodell contract situation, Jim Arisay saying they need to kick out Dan Snyder, but saying everyone else is clean. Dan Snyder's like, I got bombshells on all of you. At the end of the day, the NFL is going to continue to be just a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> I kind of want to see Dan Snyder. If he does have all the dirt on all these people, if they take him out, I want it all. Release all the documents. Oh my God, please! I would love to see it. Yeah, I would love. I would love to see what the dirt he has on on everyone. <laughs> yes, like I just, I want to know. Will it hurt the everyone shield? Everyone says that really. the NFL is too big to fail. Do you want to test it? Let's test it. I want to test <laughs> it. I do. I want to test it. <laughs> I, guess what? Hey, and if, the, all, if it does the fail... The XFL and the USFL exactly. We have the USFL, there. we have the XFL. Do you think the USFL... They're going to get a lot better. <laughs> the USFL and the XFL are telling Dan Snyder, like, hey, hey, I'll, you, you need hey, some bud. money for some more PIs, some more private investigators? I'll pony up. Huh? The, Turns out... The Rock's got well, deep pockets. The Rock and... Yeah, yeah, the XFL gonna is going to be in partnership with the NFL. So oh, yeah. The Rock okay. Is. The USFL is like, hey. Hey, hey guys. Hey. hey, I know some private investigators. No, nobody's uh, asked us to do anything yet, I, guys. You want us to do some digging? 
We'll do some digging. We'll do some digging. We got some football too. <laughs> hey guys, we play football. Hey. Okay. Yeah. Sure you do, but <laughs> <laughs> No, I got a private investigator. Hey, we pay our players like eighty grand a year. Yeah, hey, the rest we spend on PIs to bring down the NFL. Let's go. All right, so I can't wait to see. How much do you think actually comes out of this? Probably not that much. I think Dan Snyder doesn't get removed, and it's basically swiped under the rug. I'm kind of right there with you. Like, again, for all the other stuff that the uh, Washington franchise has had over the years, even in the last you know decade, for nothing to happen. I wouldn't expect anything to happen now. Yeah, if this is the NBA and this happened, they make someone they make them sell the team and force them out. If the NFL, that's not happening. Yeah, especially like look at the fact that out of the Washington football team being investigated just a few years ago, the guy that went down was John Gruden, a guy that wasn't even wasn't even in that organization. He was with the Raiders. Yeah, and Dan Snyder's like, all right, I'm it's, cool for the time being. Yeah, I'm going to get my yacht and go to Italy. Snyder is is clean. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm innocent until my guilt is proven. Like, proven like Andy Dufresne? You know, 50 Cent in this song, Langsta, said, I got the sickest vendetta when it comes to the cheddar. Be some cash. Well, this fan's got a vendetta for his cheddar over the Washington Commanders. As... <laughs> The Commanders, dude, this franchise just can't help themselves. They are a dumpster fire. I feel just imagine being this fan. All right, so a fan, a Washington Commanders fan, uh, was expecting to receive over $14,000 after winning the FedEx Field raffle. Drew Shipley, who is a Commander season ticket holder, uh, said he had a, a very shocking moment. He won the 50-50 raffle. He got over uh, $14,822. He had to uh, cash this check within 90 days. If not, it will be voided. So what did he do? Drew Shipley, season ticket holder, who won the 50-50, went to the bank to cash his check of almost $15,000. Well, he gave it to the teller. Uh, they were doing their thing. And guess what happened, Rowdy? It bounced. The check bounced. He couldn't get his prize money that was given to him from the 50-50 raffle of FedEx <laughs> It bounced. So it bounced. We he talk, won it. We talk about the Milwaukee Brewers being a poverty franchise when we talk about them spending money and yeah. making moves and blah, blah. This is the definition of a poverty franchise. So, they can't even pay you for the 50-50 raffle. He won this while attending Washington's week one win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was named the winner. He got his check. They did a big to-do about it. Uh well, no, excuse me. They made a big to do about it. He didn't get his check right away. He, Shipley, the guy who won, said it took over a month for him to receive his winnings. He tweeted the team twice about the uh, discrepancy and later called his ticket representative to help resolve the situation for him to get his money. When he did finally get it, a month later, he went to the bank and it boom bounced. What is going? Well, you know what's even shadier about this. So, oh, oh, it gets even. Sorry, interrupt. It gets even worse. The check bounced, and then the bank charged him a fifteen dollar bad check fee. <laughs> the shadiest thing about Why this. Why did you charge the commander? Have you ever that? bought? Have you ever bought a fifty fifty raffle like at the Brewers game or at the Packer game? Yes. Have I ever won it? No. I do not waste my time. I did in the past. I don't anymore. But. Remember, I went to that game in August, the Brewer game against the Cubs. Yeah, and Fuller, one of our one of our 
loyal listeners and callers bought some tickets. Well, you know what they do? They're not taking cash. Nope. Too easy for, you know, some parking lot attendant to, you know, maybe stuff a few 20s in their pockets <laughs> and act like the tickets were never sold, right? Because totally. there's going to be thousands and thousands and thousands of tickets bought. Yeah. They use cards, so it's all credit and debit cards, so they're going to have a slip on every single purchase for exactly how many tickets, for exactly how much money was spent, and then, obviously, if there's a hundred, you know, parking lot attendant people out there doing that, and then in the stadium, you got to imagine that all of those card readers with all the card numbers and the amounts and the tickets sold are all going to be on the same line. Mm Mm-hmm. They're going to know exactly how much money they made, yep. exactly how many tickets were sold. They have the money. It's 50-50. You get half of it. <laughs> how can you say that you don't have it? And then you get charged for cashing a bad check, a $15 fee, this guy. That's 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 hilarious. Right here, he said uh, he, he finally received a check for the $14,822. Four days later, after he deposited it, he was notified that the check bounced, and the bank then... Uh, which put his bank account in the negative because it, it's a bad check for almost $50,000, put him in the negative, and then they charged him another $15 for a bad check fee. He said, quote, it's quite maddening. You got to do the small things right. You have big enough scandals from the top of your organization. You need to retain your customers. <laughs> he says, I can't believe a professional franchise would end up doing something like that. Obviously, someone dropped the ball. It was another disappointment in an abysmal commander's season. Says their season ticket holder. <laughs> like, would you ever, when wow. you hear stories like this, would you ever buy a 50 50 raffle at a commander game again? No. Like, you're talking to well, a Well, I mean, guy he eventually got the money, You're though. talking to a guy that was a season ticket holder that's like, I couldn't even get my money for a 50 50 raffle. Okay, a uh, little follow up on it. They did. <laughs> oh, let's see here. I just saw it. Uh,. They got him his money, and they said there was a clerical error. It's always a clerical error. They, I'm sorry, a bank error. Here we go. The Washington commanders blame a bank error uh, after all of this, but he did get his winnings eventually. I think Dan Snyder had to fill up his yacht uh, in the, uh, what is he, by Italy still, I think. So I think he had to fill up his yacht. That $14,000 had to go to Dan Snyder, you know, cruising around the world in his yacht. Sorry, Drew Shipley. You, uh... I hope you like, paid that $15 late. How too. can you have an error occur <laughs> when this is something you do every single year? And I'm sure you've been doing it this way since at least 2020, where it seems like everything's went cashless, right? Yes. You've paid out at least eight or nine games every single year since 2020. Uh, you've done see. this 20 different times. Uh, here's uh, here's the... Uh... The commander's media relations says, yeah, we reached out uh, to the fans, sent an electronic payment directly to his account, okay? It was a bank error. Okay, a bank error. We reached out to the bank to determine what happened and to ensure this doesn't happen again, okay? Thanks for your understanding, and uh, go commanders. How'd you even be a fan of this organization? Dougie, G-Dub, where are you? Uh, I got Carl on Twitch says, my dad won a 50-50 raffle at a Brewer game once. Even their check cleared. <laughs> yeah, but that was probably before they signed Yelich to that huge deal. Here's here's bearing it all. My biggest question about this whole story is who ended up paying the $15 bad check fee? Because it was charged to the fan. Did the commanders take care of it or did they take it out of his winnings? 
So therefore, he's even a little lighter on his winnings. You know, I would Who say... Who paid for it? I would say that you have to front that money and be like, this is our bad. But I do know, I do know companies and people in the past that would make you take it, take it out of your winnings or paychecks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not here. Not here. Hey, hey, I gave you a nice, I gave you a nice <laughs> gift for Christmas. I took it out of your paycheck. Thanks. This guy's a champion of Packers coverage. Our guy, Mike Clemens. Good morning, Mike. What's up? How are you? Uh, I'm doing well, my friend. And yourself? Not bad. Um, you know, the uh, the locker room Wednesday when they open it up, um, there's, you know, something going on. Maybe you guys are just a little more serious, but uh, there there's, seems to be lacking a, a swagger. And then Matt LaFleur even sort of addressed that in his press conference, like, hey, look, you know, we've lost two, we've got uh, – Maybe some challenges this weekend, but uh, and then we, you know, Buffalo after that. We got three games in a row on the road, but you know, we got to have some fun too. You, you, yeah, if you're Get not you having loose. fun and playing football, you're not you're not going to succeed. Have they have they thought about bringing in ping pong tables, Mike? <laughs> no, you know, uh, they used to. It wasn't so long ago that right there in the locker room where they've got some big tables and chairs, guys were playing backgammon. Yeah. But that sort of dropped off about four or five years ago. And, you know, guys are off in the side on their phone playing video games, you know, by themselves. We need some camaraderie, Mike. We need, like, a team game or something. Like maybe Twister. Maybe bring Twister in with you today. Throw it off well, there. They, they try and, yeah. No, Left-hand no, green, right? Not, Foot, not so much. Yeah, not so much. Not when you're 24 years old. <laughs> 300 pounds. Um. But that would, that could be a funny TV euchre. Show. I mean, that might that might drive a team apart, though. So yeah, the last tournament. thing they need, Mike, is like Alan Lazard all sprawled out with T.J. Slayton over top of him falling on his foot or something. <laughs> Locker room twister on the NFL Network. I think that could help their sagging ratings. No question. I think all. that could get Matt Lafleur fired quickly if that happened. If people want that, wouldn't be the only thing sagging. <laughs> <laughs> Just hanging over the plate, and she's gone. <laughs> So well, we go out to practice, and like, well, whoa, wait, wait, well, wait, wait, where, where's twelve? There's ten. There's Danny Etling, number nineteen. Son of a gun, Rogers isn't practicing again for a second Wednesday in a row. You know, in that hail mary pass in London, the linebacker number fifty three comes from behind him and jacks up his right hand, his thumb, and it ended up, I think, being Aaron's last play in that game. So he took Wednesday off last week. And so, uh, but, the, you know, and then you start asking, well, hey, is Rogers going to talk today? Oh, yeah, no, he'll talk. But he's back in the building. He's, in the, he's with the trainers. Uh, okay, so then he comes to his locker about 4 o'clock yesterday, and we're all gathered around, and, and we say to him, so, you, you know, we're told you were getting treatments for the thumb. How long were you in there today? Two hours. Yeah, we got two hours today. Captain Bled made the Wednesday practice back to normal, so had an extra 30 minutes to do some rehab. Two hours on that thumb, Mike? You know, Seems I mean... excessive, but what do I know? I'm not a doctor. Yeah, well, you know, and I, I mean, I'm, I, I know that the basics of what you're trying to do is get circulation going there. You're trying to relieve pain, you know, stimulate to growth of cells, all those kinds of things with... Uh, heat, cold, you know, massage, all that stuff. Uh, I, you know, we don't really know what the thumb is. He'll, he, he's been wearing like a hoodie, and he kind of puts his hands in the pockets in his belly, you know. He doesn't, like, show it off much. 
Um, hmm, interesting. Like his toe. It's a big, who knew what happened with the toe and now the thumb. You know, Jared Bush, the former safety and special teams guy, he, he came by to visit in the locker room uh, the other day. And he was standing across the room, and then at one point Aaron saw him like, okay. So Aaron dipped at his head, started walking over, but then Aaron reached out his left arm. He gave him a left arm hug. Interesting. And kept the other hand in there. So, Interesting. you know, maybe this thing, you know, is bothering him. Thumbgate. Huh? Thumbgate. Thumbgate. Yeah. No, no, no. Let's the not thumbing. go there, please. Please. Well, I'm going um, there. I'm going there. Uh, Just I'll, so, do, I'll do it when you're off the phone. I'll go there when you're off the phone. Okay. <laughs> so then he was asked. So, you know, I mean, we did see a couple of bad throws, you know, ball coming out of his hand. Uh, how much did this thumb bother you during the Jets game Sunday? Uh, I mean, it's, you know, some grip issues. Yeah, it bothered me on a couple of throws. Yeah, I mean, I, I can deal with pain. Uh, pain management has been part of uh, all of our careers. Um, so you just learn to deal with uh, whatever you got going on. And if you can be out there, you're out there. Hmm. Um, didn't Brett Favre deal with thumb injuries? Brett Favre, uh, in 99, was playing the Raiders. And it was like the third or fourth quarter. And at one point, two guys' helmets crushed his right hand. And, I mean, it was almost like he'd had it closed in a car door. That bad. It came out looking like a waffle. And I was down (laughs) in the end zone for that. And um, he still ran one more drive and threw a touchdown to the tight end, I think it was Ty Davis, was his name, in the back of the end zone to win the game. And it was to keep, you know, at least a 500 record. You know, all, there was all this pressure on Favre to show, look, I can win without Holmgren. I can win with, you know, Ray Rhodes. Or a hand. But, but he came into the press conference with his hand and arm all bandaged up, big ice bag, and he sat down. And he was so emotionally drained after playing through with that hand injury, um, that he sat there and, you know, like Bud Lee said, you know, what are you, I mean, what are you going to take away from this game? This was just an unbelievable game. And he said, I don't know. And he started to choke up a little bit. And they said, sorry, fellas. And he got up and walked out. He couldn't finish the press conference because I think he was so emotionally drained um, and dehydrated and also, I think he thought the streak would be was over, that yeah. he had a broken thumb, and this is it. Now they're going to shut me down, and my streak is over. Well, it, it turned out there wasn't any fractures, and they had it all bandaged up, and he still managed to get through a, a miserable 8-8 eight eight season, and Ray Rhodes got fired, and, <laughs> and on and on we went. But, yeah, no, I, that was a very memorable yeah. Uh, you know, Rogers needs to call it Favre and not don't talk about the state of Mississippi and ask him how he deals with that that thumb injury. Then right, and, and then on the other on side, him. on the other side of the coin, you know, Carson Wentz just had surgery on for his thumb injury, which is why you're going to get Taylor Heineke again at quarterback number four, a kid who grew up idolizing Brett Favre, and we covered all that last year when Washington came here. Now it's the Packers going there. So, you know, one thing that I asked Aaron was. Because, you know, he's, he's trying to figure out, along with the coaches, what should be on the menu, what should be the plays called, um, you know, where, where, who, of the younger players, who's ready to try, you know, the, the top shelf plays. And the other guys, like, you know, can we project? And I said, Do you, are you, like, in a time where you've done this before 
you've you know gone through a new class of offensive line receivers running backs can you project that maybe you're three or four games away before these guys are you know have got it you know they've they've played yeah. seven or eight games and he goes I don't project anything I he said I there's too much going on I you know I do not so he kind of totally rejected that notion and then we kind of it was a very casual conversation it was not it was not the normal pressers that he's he's done so far this season which yeah. have been phenomenal um, I mean he's been talking like for a half hour he talked for about 12 minutes yesterday and frankly there wasn't much else to say so then we're saying you know coach was saying you guys need to have a little more fun a little more levity and is there something that you can contribute to that and here's what he said I pull some more pranks I think <laughs> I usually get blamed can't say it's always me you got a good one recently you'd like to share with the class nope <laughs> Mike do you know any Rogers pranks have you, um, have you seen any? Uh, I'm, you know, I'm trying to remember. He's told us a couple. Um, I know one that was pulled on him when Brett Favre took his helmet yeah, the, when he was a rookie. Yeah, the helmet thing. Yeah, and he had everyone sign it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so then it's like, you know, five minutes, he's going to be late for practice. Yeah. He's trying to find his damn helmet, and here it's got like 30 signatures on it. <laughs> and he's got to go to practice, and it's, he liked that helmet. Like, who the hell you know, okay at having all these. And, of course, it was a dummy helmet. You know, yeah. Favre got the – Favre was the king of pranks. And I'll tell you what, it was it was sort of this sort of a feel in 2005. And, you know, Favre was just known for the pranks, for like, you know, you'll be there in the bathroom stall off the showers. Um, you've just taken a shower. Now you got to go, you know, to the bathroom, and you close the door. And the next thing you go comes a bucket of ice water on your head, right? <laughs> That's Brett Favre. And so it was interesting because, you know, Favre's now 36, 37 years old. He's got a bunch of these young guys around him. It's 2005. They'd hired Ted Thompson. They've taken away GM from Mike Sherman. He's gone through two or three running backs. Amon Green's been injured, other guys. And it's, getting, it's, it's about this time of year. And finally in a press conference, I said to Favre, do you do any pranks anymore do you do any practical you know practical jokes and he said uh you know as if maybe he had outgrown it because you know he he told bill when bill sat down with him about five years ago and did a one-on-one with him for in front of a thousand people up in green bay far you know we, we brought up some of his famous pranks and the best one was those production meetings with pat summerall and john madden yeah and so he brought in one of these stink bombs. <laughs> and so about a minute or two into it, uh, you know, Madden's like, uh, hey, Brett, do you smell something? You know? <laughs> no, John, I don't, I don't smell a thing, man. <laughs> and, you know, Brett Favre had, had lit so many stink bombs. He lit one, in the, he lit one in, the, in the locker room the day after I was brought that up at a press conference. Like, when was the last time you did any pranks around here? Because everyone's sort of dragging. Boom, stink bomb. It was the 2005 season, and they ended up 4-12, and 12, right? Oh. And Sherman got fired. So a Farr stink said, bomb of a season, you know? Far says he lights the stink bomb underneath his chair, and he said, and then John Madden starts to choke. <laughs> and he's turning red. And he's like, oh, my God, I just killed John Madden, you know? <laughs> and... Seriously, they had to, like, open the windows and clear the air and get, you know, some tech to help him because, you know, John Mann was so overweight and he had <laughs> swallowing issues. And he was 
choking. I mean, and those all stink bombs are no joke. We used to light them off or set them off in school. In yeah. high school, it was they stink. They're not yeah. Right. So you know that's just sort of the mood of what's going on. <laughs> they've you know they're gonna they're they're facing a team with a, another really good defensive line with guys like Jonathan Allen, and there's this Fa Obata. He's a Nigerian guy. He's been in the league seven or eight years. He he used to be with the Panthers, and I think he's a guy that Ron Rivera brought along. But when I watch the tape of that Bears game again, he lines up at right defensive, and he's number 97. Man, he's in Justin Fields' face all night long. And no twists, no stunts like Robert Sala, you know, pulled on the Packers' offensive line. Um, he just, he's, he's strong, big, strong guy that Bakhtiari's going to have to deal with. And, you know, in that game and in a couple of games, there have been some of these roughing the passer calls that have been really controversial. Yeah. And so Ron Rivera, who was a linebacker for the Bears back in the day, he's a defensive guy, you know, but he's also sat on the competition committee. And he knows, you know, he's enough good enough guy to know that, you know, you have to worry about your team first, but you also have to worry about the league. He was asked about some of, you know, the way that they're putting this emphasis on the roughing the quarterback call. And, and I thought this was an interesting answer from Rivera yesterday. Well, the biggest thing I've learned, and, and I've, I've come full circle, trust me, or not full circle, I've, I've turned on it, to be honest. I, I get it that the most important position in the NFL is quarterback. I made the comment a couple of weeks ago, and I got in trouble for it, but the truth of the matter is it is about quarterbacks. This league is if you have a quarterback and you're, you're able to, to develop this and have that guy go, um, a lot of good things can happen. But as soon as you start losing guys because of injury and they're not available, you got to protect them. But you got to be able to protect them in the right way, the smart way. I mean, you know, I, I know last week a couple penalties were called that, that got people a little excited, you know, but the truth is you have to be smart with that position and, and because it, it it's really is what drives the league. But but you can play great defense without smacking around a quarterback, without without taking a shot and taking liberties to drive him into the ground. I mean that's that's what's happened is is, is because that p- position is so important, and you know the, the 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 opportunity to develop a quarterback within your scheme and have success is important. And and I I really do believe we get that now as a league and we understand how important that position is, um, you know. But at the same time, you know. If, if we're going to call roughing the passer penalties, they've got to be, you know, they, 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 they've got to be right on it. We've got to be correct on it because if not, it could be very impactful and take away from the defense to your point. Um, that is something that we have to be able to get corrected and, and get right. And we've, we as, as, as coaches, you know, the, the, the competition committee, as we go back, and I know it will be a point of discussion this year for us in the offseason, we're going to have to make sure we get that right for, 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 the, for the sake of the game. Yeah, I mean, they're doing a lot of, I would say, overprotection right now after Tua, and then you saw you know, that Brady when he got thrown down. So it is, he's right, though, right? Um, right. Mike, but, like, but, the quarterback uh, drives the lead. You know, when the Chiefs' Chris Jones, you know, he get, breaks through, wraps up, and you know, falls on, 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 the, on the quarterback that was on Brady, to me, that's the way they. To me, that's the way they've always taught it in practice. Yeah, I mean, it was total and from pop Warner to high school to the NFL. Yeah, and you know, Brady wasn't hurt, and 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 when they're throwing the flags on that, you know, it gets. Yeah. But and then Brady I got fined for yeah. from Rivera. Say, you know, it, it, hey, at the end of the day, though, we do have to protect the quarterback. So yeah. Sammy Watkins is uh, is off the IR after this month-long, you know, hamstring. Um, he's limited in practice. You know, he talked about uh, 
Yeah, if they need me, I'm ready to go. But you know, I think he's just going to trot around this week, and then maybe they can get him in next week when they go up to Buffalo and play probably the best team in the NFL right now, the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, right. Um, Cobb did not was not placed on IR yet, or Jake Hansen with his bicep injury. We don't know how bad that is yet. Um, and uh, but you know, they might make those moves at four o'clock on Saturday. Sure. Just to, you know, mess yeah. with Washington, uh, what roster changes and all that. But yeah, that's it. You know, in the meantime, it's like we talked about Tuesday morning. I mean, uh, overall, when this offense is uh, averaging 17.9 points per game, this is like the lowest average six weeks not good. into the season and since Aaron Rodgers has started at quarterback since yep. 2008. That gets back to this offensive line that is not picking up the stunts. Robert Sala saw that, and he hit Aaron Rodgers 13, 14 times last Sunday. Mike, let's hope uh, they turn it around a little bit here in Washington on Sunday. Mike, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it, and we love you, brother. Good stuff. Thanks, Evo. See you, Mike. There is Mike Clemens. Mike Clemens NFL on Twitter.